Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24 7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24 hour streaming channel serving non stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Michigan's big season ended in a what turned out to be a shootout in the college football playoff semifinal in a 51 to 45 loss to TCU. The Wolverines, of course, still the talk of the country right now as we try to figure out one, what's next for Michigan after losing the playoff semifinals for a second straight season. And also what's next for Jim Harbaugh as again, NFL rumors heat up. Hello, it is Friday, January 6th. I am Brandon Marcello. We're going to get a better handle on this, or at least try our best, with Michigan insider Zach Shaw. Zach, first off, Happy New Year. Secondly, what is Jim Harbaugh doing at this very moment? <laughs> I think I, my last understanding is that he's on a trip up north, uh, Michigan up north. I know Michigan itself is up north, but even further up north in the wilderness with his sons. So, you know, in terms of the rumors and everything, a lot of people are saying, Harbaugh said this or Harbaugh's doing that. I think he's kind of keeping a tight-knit circle right now. And so, you know, there's lots of speculation, of course. But I think we're going to get some answers whenever he gets back. It, it always seems like, you know, whenever we need to hear from a coach the most is when they happen to go on their vacation. Seems almost strategic in how they do that. Yeah, imagine that. They just uh, they leave town, get off the grid. I remember one coach, uh, we used to go on a duck hunting trip for a week after the season and be completely out of touch. Of course. His agent was always in touch. Right. So that Fiesta Bowl was just an amazing to watch. And I'm not going to hit on too much about the particulars of that game. It's been a week now. But when you look at that and one, also how they lost to Georgia a year ago, and then moving forward, where is Michigan kind of in the hierarchy of college football, you believe, going into 2023? Yeah, I think... Um... Knowing the skill players they're returning, J.J. McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, Junior Colson, Rod Moore, Will Johnson, uh, you know Mike Sander. I mean, really, you could go down the list. A lot of their best players from this season are slated to come back. And with name, image, likeness compensation, you know, Michigan, they haven't done it so much on the recruiting side, but they do try to take care of the, the current players. Does that persuade a couple people who are on the fence about their draft versus a senior year? Uh, does that convince them to come back? So purely on the guys that they know they're they're getting back, uh, you're talking about a top five team, I think. You know, they're returning, they're starting quarterback, uh, a star running back, decent chunk of their receivers. And then I counted it up in terms of non-seniors in that Fiesta Bowl, 78% of their tackles are coming back in terms of uh, defensive production. So I would expect them to be a top five team. I would expect them to kind of go into the season internally at least, thinking that they can beat every team on their schedule. It, it never is that easy, right? A game at Penn State, 
you know, who knows if Michigan State, Nebraska, you know, Minnesota, some of those other road games uh, become tricky. And then, of course, Ohio State at the end of the year. But I think I think Michigan, you know, it's it's just funny because like, there's there's the coach rumors, there's the draft stuff. But Michigan inside, you know, their facilities is thinking uh, they might even have a shot of being preseason number one. Uh, you know, if you look at the other teams in the country in the top six of the college football playoff, I believe everyone else is expected to lose their starting quarterback from this season. Yes. And, and whether that's fair to just base it on a starting quarterback, uh, different discussion, but history shows that, you know, preseason rankings, it's a lot about who are the known players you have coming back in Michigan for as much a step forward as they've taken the last two years. They actually were pretty young this season, especially in some of their bigger games in terms of who was stepping up. So I think expectations are really high. I mean, obviously, this week is kind of a tough week for Michigan fans because I think they felt like this was as good of a shot as you get uh, at winning a national title. You're playing a, a Big 12 team that has lost in the semifinals. And then the way Ohio State played Georgia, I'm sure Michigan fans were kind of kicking themselves in the shin a little bit like, man, <laughs> you know the way the way Michigan beat Ohio State, you, know, you do a little transitive property there. Um, but at the same time, I do think there's a lot of awesome and excitement for 2023. Yeah. So my question is, is what does Michigan's offensive line look like next season? Because that has just been the absolute motor to everything to me for these last two years. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, they added three transfers already, um, you know, and, and a couple of those guys. All Pac-12 starters, right? Yeah, yeah. And two captains, two multi-year starters, uh, a couple guys with four-star ratings in 24/7's transfer portal rankings. So, uh I and what's what's interesting to me is I don't think any three of them were guaranteed a starting job. You know, Ladarius Henderson out of Arizona State I think was I think their belief is that they'll he'll start somewhere uh just depending on who leaves and who stays. Uh but the other two, you know, Drake Nugent, he's going to be in a battle for the center job and and Miles Hinton, a guy Michigan fans you know, are very familiar with his brother of course and and they recruited Miles pretty hard out of high school. I don't think he was guaranteed a starting job. So I think this is a this is a pretty competitive offensive line. It, it just kind of depends. You know, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinner, their two starting guards, I think are two guys who could probably go either way. That's where the NIL, that's where the draft grades, you know, coming in, uh, that that kind of stuff plays a factor. But Ryan Hayes, left tackle, he's departing. And then uh Olu Olu with Timmy, the center, he's gone. So I think it will it will be something that they have to build. But they lost their starting offensive tackle and their starting center from 2021 when they won the Joe Moore Award. And then in 2022, they were arguably better. So, you know, every year there's like different pieces. There's different, you know, guys have to gel and learn the playbook and everything like that. But but it does feel like, you know, talking to a couple of reserve offensive linemen last week, I mean, there's there's a lot of size. There's a lot of talent and there's a lot of experience too. I mean, this is not, they're not going to have to start a freshman or even a redshirt freshman. I mean, this is, they're a third, fourth, fifth, even sixth year guys who you know, are, are ready to go. And so um, expectations are high, but, but like anything in college football, there are puzzle pieces you have to put together and question marks you have to answer. And recruiting, how is recruiting going in the uh, immediate follow-up here to the semifinal uh, for Michigan? I think they have offered one prospect <laughs> since the <laughs> since the playoff appearance. I mean, I you know I, I kind of say that with a laugh, but I, I actually do think this is a week that Michigan is is taking the back seat. You know, the 2023 class was you know this is where the Harbaugh stuff needs to be sorted out because the 2023 class I think took a big hit coming off a playoff appearance, a breakthrough season in 2021. They were not able to convert that into a good recruiting class and. Some of it was losing, you know, your offensive and defensive coordinator, but some of it was, you know, Harbaugh 
being a so-called flight risk uh, for the NFL. You know, guys, players want to commit to where they, they really believe that their head coach is all in. There were other factors, of course, there always is, but but I do think that played a role. And so that's where Michigan, if I'm Michigan at least, I'm maybe telling Harbaugh, they're expressing to him, hey, if you are thinking about the NFL, one, be transparent, but two, let's, let's do it quicker. Let's not have you in Minnesota interviewing with the Vikings on National Signing Day and, and maybe, maybe get this sorted out within the next week or two, not the next month or two. That's a big factor. But you know, one thing that helped them in terms of recruiting is, is the transfer portal. They were able to get a really good transfer portal recruiting class. Um, I, great, at one point, it was great class. Yeah, at one point, number one in the country. I don't think it'll finish there just because it's not going to be a huge class, but a lot of instant impact players. And that kind of made up for the 2023. And then I also think that class, the transfer class, that was a good example of where Michigan, you know, if, if a guy is all about the business, all about contending for championships, trying to get to the NFL, uh, they're listening to Michigan right now. The product Michigan can sell over the past two seasons is is pretty impressive and that seemed to land really well with this transfer recruiting class we'll talk much more about michigan and get into the circus that is following jim harbaugh and his future after this another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. So what is next for Jim Harbaugh? When do we have some sort of resolution, you believe, on whether he's going to be back at Michigan or if he's going to listen to an NFL team and maybe leave for the NFL? Yeah, there's, there's chatter uh, that he'll, he's going to address the team a little bit more earnestly by the end of this week. Again, if he's if he's out of town trying to unplug, I guess more power to him. But but obviously that that is that is the part that fans are starting to freak out about is is you know when when he doesn't speak. I think media outlets or alleged insiders like to put words in his mouth saying he's thinking this or he likes this about this team. At some point, he he doesn't have to speak publicly, I guess, but but he does to address the team. And I think he also needs to address the the boosters or the you know the diehard fans who are financially contributing to Michigan because if they want to drum up this NIL collective to keep players at Michigan for one more year or anything like that. I think they'd like to know if the coach is going to be around. I mean, that, you know, that that doesn't necessarily change Michigan's expectations for next season, but it does change the the dynamic a little bit. So I think there's, I think in the next four or five days, if Harbaugh still is zero dark, uh, then I think I think I would shift from Michigan probably keeping him for another year to hey maybe maybe he really is trying to to take this opportunity and go elsewhere. So I look at Jim Harbaugh's contract. I think a lot of us know that he took that pay cut going into the 2021 season. And then 
uh, signed a new deal after the incredible year that was in 2021 and getting to the playoff semifinal and winning the Big Ten Championship. He had a new five-year deal worth $36.7 million. Now, of course, just up the road in East Lansing, Mel Tucker signed uh, one of the biggest deals we'll ever see worth nearly $100 million. Is there a possibility or any chatter out there that Harbaugh might get a sweeter deal at Michigan after taking them to back-to-back playoff semifinal games? Or is, I mean, money matters, but does money matter all that much to Harbaugh? I think it historically has mattered less to him, right? He has that quote after he got the pay cut where he said, it's just money. I mean, and, you know, he's, he's someone that made a lot of money in his playing career and he's been coaching long enough. I mean, money is not an issue. And I don't think he's wired in the ego sense of money where he needs to be higher paid than, than X coach or Y coach. But what's interesting about this time around is, is he's using his brother's agent to kind of field these NFL calls, which I think is smart from a discretion standpoint so that the stuff doesn't keep getting out. But I think it's also, I can't help but wonder if he's thinking of the negotiation side of this angle where, I mean, if the Broncos are offering 10, 15, maybe even $20 million a year, you know, Michigan's going to have to offer more than what they're offering now, right? Just pure, I mean, money's money, but 7 million more or whatever, whatever the number is, that's, that's quite a bit. And that's, that's, you know, that's not just money. That's how they view you. So I think, uh, you know, what I've heard is Michigan administration is prepared to make him a top five highest paid coach in college football again. Uh, they're prepared to to reward kind of the last two years because he has delivered in, in just about every single way, right? In the college football playoff, they're 23 and one the last two seasons or 25 and one if you count the, the championship games. So I think Michigan's prepared to pay him more. I don't know if Michigan, I don't know if Harbaugh is doing the whole like, you know, talk to other teams and then force force Michigan's hand. Uh, I think Michigan's interpretation is they were already to pay, already ready to pay him more. But it is interesting. He has not historically been, he's been much more of like a handshake deal, a man of his word kind of guy. Now, this is really the first time he's he's truly using an agent uh, to field potentially competing offers. You mentioned his brother, John Harbaugh, for those who don't know, head coach for the Baltimore Ravens. And you mentioned that Michigan might be prepared to make him a top five paid coach, which would put him... In the realm, of course, of Mel Tucker, who's being paid an average of $9.5 million at Michigan State, he's number five on that list. At number six, just below that is $9 million, and that's Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. So we're talking about a substantial raise there for Harbaugh that would nearly double his salary currently. He's, he's come a long way as far as just the finances potentially from when he was on the hot seat in 2020 yeah. to <laughs> negotiating a uh, restructured contract to cut his pay. Uh, to remain there at Michigan and prove himself once again. So what is the status? I say status, but what does the rivalry look like now with Ohio State, with Michigan winning two straight against them and doing so in dominating fashion and dominating the trenches? And you got an Ohio State program that was able to kind of sneak into the playoff despite losing to Michigan in the regular season finale. And now there's questions about Ryan Day as the coach there because of the way he's lost games. A lot of people pegging coaching decisions for the reasons why they lost as big as they did in the fourth quarter against Michigan. And then, of course, the way they gave up a double-digit lead to Georgia in the fourth quarter of the semifinal just this past week. So what does that rivalry look like right now? Was this year an inflection point potentially for it? Are we seeing things turn more toward Michigan to a point where 
maybe all of a sudden we're talking about Ryan Day being on the hot seat in a year or two? What does this look like? I, I do think winning at Ohio State this year did. I think it evened up the rivalry. I think the way Ohio State recruits, I'd be hard to. It'd be hard for me to say that the tide has totally turned, right? Because they could turn that that machine on at, at any given time. Uh, but I do think Michigan has proven, you know, in 2021, I think you could have written off, oh, lots of seniors, lots of hunger, lots, you know, eight years of buildup, you know, trying to trying to lead up to this game. And, and you could factor in the snow or, you know, there were there were certain justifications that that Ohio State tried. And they didn't go well with with the fans necessarily. But, you know, I think it could have been described as a as a little bit of a fluke where it wasn't necessarily going to happen now that it's twice in a row. Now that Michigan's done it in Columbus, I mean, I I. I meant to look this up the other day. The last time Ohio State was beaten that badly on their home field. I mean, they, they, you could probably count on two hands their number of home losses in the last 12, 15 years. So it's not something, it's not a place they lose very often, period. And then you factor in how badly Michigan uh, pulled away at the end. You know, I think I think you are looking at a team that is forcing Ohio State now to react, right? That was always the thing is every year it was, how can Michigan change what it's doing to beat Ohio State. Now Ohio State has to look in the mirror. You know, they, they, they obviously have a, a great offense, but what can be done defensively? What can be done in the trenches, as you mentioned, to outmuscle Michigan? You know, because when they were beating Michigan every year, a lot of people looked at the passing stats, but but J.K. Dobbins had great numbers. Ezekiel Elliott, Carlos Hyde, you know, all the great running backs that they had come through would also run for like 150, 200 yards. So I, th- I think it's definitely been evened up. I'm sure Michigan fans listening to this are like, no, it's the tide has totally turned. Ohio State's talent is going to keep them in that conversation every single year. They're not I don't think they're fading or going away as a program, but I do think Michigan, they're not scared of Ohio State anymore. There's no there's no boogeyman, there's no dauntingness. I mean, they're excited for that matchup. They're excited to do that that famous uh, beat Ohio drill. It's the 9 on 7 drill that that Jim Harbaugh branded. I mean, they're fired up about it. And, and that's I, I am forecasting a little bit, but that makes me think that this is not just going to go away with a change in head with a potential change in head coach or potential you know new quarterback for Ohio State I mean this is something that Michigan they've recaptured kind of what it means internally to prepare and beat Ohio State on those big stages with all the with all the stakes on the line so even tide turned I think I think you could go either way but Michigan I think the big thing is it's it's no longer a boogeyman factor it's now part of the expectation into a given season 50 percent below or above that Michigan is in the playoff next season I think I'd go above. They have to beat Ohio State, I think, in order to do that. Or they have to be undefeated and, and kind of do what Ohio State did this year. But I felt like this season was a little bit trickier. You know, It felt like more teams were losing twice, thinking about Alabama, thinking about Clemson. So you, you can't necessarily count on 11-1 and one and making it into the playoff. You probably need a conference title to feel safe about it. But I do think Michigan, it's another easy non-conference schedule. Penn State will be... A very interesting matchup on the road, but at the same time, if you go position by position, Michigan is on track to look better next season than they did this past season. In, in my personal opinion, you know, especially you know, kind of defense and then you know, quarterback and and kind of some of the skill positions too. I mean, the team that's trending up, and they were pretty high up this year. There's there's no guarantees. There's injuries. There's road games. All that stuff plays a factor. But if I were putting chips on the table, I would put chips in that Michigan is right back in the college football playoff for a third straight season next fall. Hypothetical, a type of hypothetical. If Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, who is Michigan's next head coach? It kind of depends on who he takes with him. 
I mean, does he take some of these assistant coaches? I think Michigan would be wise to go internal, though. Um, Sharon Moore, guy who has coached the he's coached offensive line for two seasons, and he's already won two Joe Moore awards. Made pretty significant waves as a recruiter. Players love him. I think he would be Harbaugh's pick and probably my personal opinion pick. I think Michigan Athletic Department might take a long look at Mike Hart, too. Legendary running back, another guy who's beloved by the players. Look at what he's done, not just at Michigan, but before. He's got a great eye for talent, uh, and he brought the most out of this Michigan running back room. If you look at the past two seasons, he he kind of transitioned the group from talented and, and productive to you know really one of the, the nation's best. So I think feel like it would be one of those two, but if this is – a situation where Michigan wants to hit the reset button, which I, I don't think they would based on how things have looked the past two years. But if they did, this is a job that would actually draw some major interest, I think, from NFL head coaches, from other college head coaches, just because for most of the time when they've had to replace coaches over the past 20 years, they've been coming off kind of bad seasons. This is kind of like a Notre Dame deal last year where the key's already in ignition. It's already, you know, it's ready to go. Someone's just got to turn it and, and put the car in drive. When Jim Harbaugh's involved, nothing short of uh, fascinating is the word I use, and especially when it involves Michigan, the greatest program out there, the winningest program out there. Zach Shell, thanks for joining us here on the College Football Daily to discuss what's next for Michigan following a second straight appearance of the College Football Playoff semifinal. I'm Brandon Marcello for our producer, Lance Glenn. We'll see you down the road. It is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.